Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Wealth can be defined as strength, might, efficiency, increase, favor, prosperity, and abundance of money, influence, access, etc. It's important that we gain an understanding about wealth so that we can recognize it and our access to it. Real wealth will allow us to be productive in every area of our life. Again, wealth can be defined as strength, not just any type of strength, but godly strength. Might, not force, our force, but godly force. Efficiency, doing things in a better way than what you've done before. Increase. God is causing increase to take place in our life. We're in a period, excuse me, we're in a flow of supernatural increase. Favor. God gives us favor as wealth, prosperity, and abundance of money, influence, access. Access to me is like opportunities that you didn't have once before. God can open the door that no man can shut. He can give you access to things that you didn't have before. And many of us have lived long enough to understand that when God opened the door, it's almost like amazing when he opened it. You find yourself going to places, doing things that you never dreamed about before, but God saw your faithfulness and he gave you opportunity and access to different things. And we appreciate that about God. And as we continue to be faithful in bringing God his tithes and offerings, we can expect an outpouring of God's wealth in every aspect of our lives. And he also protects our wealth according to his promise in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Remember, God protects or he guards or he keeps safe our wealth. That means he guards our strength. He guards our might. He guards our prosperity. He protects our abundance of money. He, he, excuse me, he keeps safe our influence and our opportunity and our access. And that's why Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12 reads as follows. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. We have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me in that, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer. That means God personally will rebuke the devourer for your sake. When I thought about that, how in the world can I stop a devourer when it takes God to stop it? That must be a tremendous devourer. And I don't want to have to do anything to deal with that type of devourer. I just want God to make sure that he rebukes the devourer. Because I believe God can do a much better job than I can. How about you? So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine, vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So notice his divine protection upon those that give God his tithes and his offerings. While I believe that this is a process for us to learn to be faithful in our giving and trusting God for our increase, I also believe that God will allow us to enter into a place that will allow us to see daily benefits just as the children of Israel did in court, just as the children of Israel did. 
Go with me to the book of Psalms 68 and 19. David wrote a particular um, passage that we still live by today in Psalms 68 and 19. And remember, his benefits are his blessings, his increase, his prosperity, and not only that, things are just getting better in our lives. And Psalm 68 and 19 is definitely in line with that. Psalm 68 19 reads as follows. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. So every day God brings about blessings. He brings about increase. He brings about prosperity. He brings about better. We say better is here. Better is coming. God brings that about in the name of Jesus. Now, Deuteronomy was written by Moses. Now, Moses what wrote what we call the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Moses was interesting about that. Moses wrote the book of Genesis, and he was not even there when Adam was there on the earth, but God gave him revelation to write, and we are still reading about what God, excuse me, what Moses wrote about Genesis even today. And it's so profound how God did that, and not only did that, but he wrote all the first five books of the Bible. They called them the Pentateuch. And this book of Deuteronomy is the last book of what they call the Pentateuch. It is the letter. Uh, it was written at the time the children of Israel were about to enter the promised land according to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8. So go to me to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8. Let me show this to you because there's something in this to me that we need to get a hold of, not just the fact that it entered into the promised land. Something else that is said in Deuteronomy 1 and 8 that we need to grab a hold of because it comes to play here in just a few minutes. Deuteronomy 1 and 8 reads as follows. See how I set the land before you. Go in and possess the land. So you notice that the children of Israel were getting ready to go in and possess the land. But notice why they're getting ready to do it. Which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and the descendants after them. So you notice this, that the Lord swore to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you read Deuteronomy 8 and 18 in that latter part, notice how he says this, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So you see that how it comes in line, that the very covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the children of Israel are taking advantage of it right now. And we see that in the latter part of verse 18, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore. The same uh, thing that he did over in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8, to your fathers. More specifically, I, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he swore to them, and he's coming to pass over in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. That thing is coming to pass. So we see how God keeps his promises. We see how God makes sure that what he says comes to pass. If it takes time for it to come to pass, this too shall pass. You know God going to make sure that what he says come to pass. I appreciate it. God made your promise last year. Don't give up on God. In fact, tell somebody, don't give up on God. Don't stop. Don't go back. Listen, stick with the promise. Cause if we, but if he said it, it's gonna come to pass in your life. If God say he gonna deliver you, it's gonna, you gonna be delivered. If God say he gonna heal you, you gonna be healed. If God said better is coming, better is coming in your life. We appreciate what God is doing in our lives. 
I believe that God is allowing us in into a wealthy place, and we need to prepare our minds, our conversation. We can't have that old conversation. We've got to have this new conversation and behavior so that we can thrive in this place of increase. That's why Paul lets us know in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 that the promises of God are yes and amen. Go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. So every promise that God gives to us is yes, and in him amen. But notice, it's not for our glory, but it's for his glory. And that's important that we understand that when God makes a promise, he's not doing it for you. He's doing it for himself. We just happen to be the benefactors of God's promises, and I appreciate that. I rather, if God say he's going to heal somebody, let me be a benefactor. If God say he's going to make me rich, let me be a benefactor. If God say he's going to bring somebody out, let me be a benefactor. If God say he give you a heart desire because he want to show up and show out, let me be a benefactor. In fact, how many don't mind being blessed by God? I mean, you know, if you don't be in mind, this, this, this scripture is for you. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. If God says he would do it, it should come to pass despite adversity, challenges, lack, time, and so forth. God's word will come to pass. At times we get into a new phase in life, we need a pep talk like the children of Israel did in order to keep our thinking, talking, and acting focused on certain things. Because we're coming to something new, never experienced before, sometimes we need instructions on what to do once we get here. When you go to a certain place, you need to know how to act when you get in certain places. You can't take that old poverty mindset with you when you go into this land of wealth, the, the wealthy place. You can't take the poverty mindset, that old way of doing things, showing up late, doing things haphazard, when you get into this new place that God is taking you to go into. Moses wanted them to remember. Yo God, the Lord, yo God. Notice I said yo God. You got to make sure first he's yo God. You got to, and, and he says, remember that. Remember the Lord. Recall, be thought of, be brought to mind, never forget, recorded in your mind, the Lord, the one true God, the existing one that reveals himself as he sees fit. Remember he said in, in Genesis, I am that I am. He says, remember that God. Remember your God. And that's why God needs to be personal so that we, when the enemy attempts to distract us from our source, and let me say this to you, the enemy will, will try to distract you. You can mark that. He will try to distract you. He will try to distract you with anything he can distract you with. As long as it takes you away from the will of God, takes you from the word of God, takes you from the things of God, he's going to try to distract you. And don't, let me say this to you, don't feel like you're the only one that the enemy is trying to distract. I promise you, everybody in this room has dealt with distraction probably this past week. Thank y'all for no four amens right now. The rest of y'all keep praying for the rest of us. Well, I ain't dealt with no distraction this week, Pastor Don. Well, pray for the rest of us. Because the rest of us have dealt with distraction just this past week. And we thank God that God gave us the victory over it, didn't it? Amen. That's why it has to be, our God has to be personal to us. So when image attempts to distract us, we can quickly recall how great God is, how faithful he is, 
and how marvelous it is on a personal level. When we think about how great God is, how faithful he is, how marvelous he is. When you're going through a rough trial, you need to remember that God is great all the time. And you also need to remember when you're going through a rough trial, you need to remember that God is faithful. And so, and also remember, he's marvelous. And this, you ain't got to worry about, this is why the Bible says, we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Your testimony will help you to overcome some of the trials and tribulation that you deal with. What God personally did for you, when God brought you out of darkness to this marvelous life, you can't, re- listen, you should never forget the time that you used to do this, that, and the other, and God delivered you from it. Every time you get look discouraged and down and going through this, that, and the other, you all say, "Well, you know what? Last year I was waiting on God, and I and I got up, upset, and I was I was wondering when God going to do it." But He came through right on time. He didn't come when I wanted Him to, but He came exactly at the time that He needed to come because it made me a better Christian when the time He came. And God is still doing that same thing in 2019. And guess what? In 2020, He's going to be doing the same thing too. I appreciate God doing what he's done because he knows what we need better than we do. I thank you, God, for that. Now, it's easy to forget a person when you're not committed to making a relationship work. You will you will make time to talk to, excuse me, you will not make time to talk to that person, heed their advice, or such like. You're, you're, it's easy to ignore or cease to care, able to recall, able to think of, fail to remember. When you don't practice spending time with Jesus, it, you'll start to forget the things of God. It's just natural because your mind is all, always recording. Your mind is always learning something. And we need to make sure that we learn the things of God. Moses will let the children of Israel know in Deuteronomy 8 and 11. Let's go back over to Deuteronomy 8 verse 11. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgment and his statutes, which I command you to, uh, command you today. Most let the people turn their note in Deuteronomy 8 and 11 that you are going to establish a productive relationship with the Lord. You must do certain things to get results. If you're going to be productive, you're going to be, make a significant Impact. I like this. Godly results. Godly results. You got to do certain things. And we need results in building our marriages, parenting our children, making work, business, and decisions, and especially serving in God's kingdom. We need to do it God's way. God's way. God's way. Everybody say God's way. Tap somebody and tell them God's way. Tell them, your way okay, but it's better God's way. And we need to do it God's way. We got to do it God's way in order to get godly results. He told them that they must remember the Lord your God your, by keeping his commandments, his statutes. His statutes according to Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. And now, what I thought about this because I had looked at this text many times before, and I've read it more than one time. I have never quite, I didn't quite get it like I got this other day. When he talks about remembering, and the opposite of remembering is forgetting. When you forget something. So when you look at Deuteronomy 8 and 11, 
He says, beware that you do not forget. Now, I look at forget as just not simply remembering. I said, I forget something. And let me say this to you. If you live long enough, well, maybe not you. Other people in this room going to forget stuff if we live long enough. I mean, you know, somebody asked, what did you do uh, Tuesday evening at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? I'm like, Tuesday evening at 4. Lord, help us, Lord. Forget stuff. But forget is different in this particular case. I want you to notice what he says in Deuteronomy 8 and 11, what forget is. Forget is this, not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes. So forget in God's eyes is not keeping his word. Forgetting in God's eyes is not, I'm going to read to you again in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 11. Do, do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes. So when we forget the word, we that is, in God's eyes, that is the same thing as forgetting. The same problem Jesus had with the disciples over in, let me find the scripture for you real quick. Luke 6 and 46. Luke 46 Luke 6 and 46 reads as follows. Why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? If you say that, and this is true, because remember that they knew he was Lord, but they were doing nothing he told them to do. You're Lord, you're Lord, you're Master, you're Savior, but you're not doing anything I told you to do. That's the same problem you had with the, the children of Israel. And I'm going to show you why he had in just a moment. But I, I'm going to show you why that's so important as we go through the text. And so he says, don't forget. Don't forget the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you power to get well. Don't forget. Now, the Lord revealed to Moses when a person ignores the Lord, they have a chance for their heart to become lifted up. Go to 8 and 14. 8 and 14. So we got 11. He said, you, you forget. You're not keeping his commandments. You're not keeping his statutes. You're not keeping his uh, judgments. But in 14, Deuteronomy 8, 14, it reads as follows. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now notice what it says. When your heart is lifted up. When your heart is lifted up. See, when an individual forgets, they have a tendency for their heart to be lifted up. What does that mean, Pastor? When their heart is lifted up, they exalt themselves. They magnify themselves. One definition that really stood out to me, their heart becomes rotten. Rotten. When it's rotten, it's no longer good for use. It's tend to be thrown away. When something rotten, you don't keep such stuff that's rotten around. You tend to throw it away. And so God was letting them know, when you forget to do my word, your heart, your thinking, the way you're thinking becomes rotten. Or we should say it like this, you got stinking thinking. And when your thinking becomes wrong, you start making statements like they did over in 8 and 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. When you become right, you start saying, hey, I got this on my own power, my own strength, my own productivity. You start thinking like, I got this 
with my own might, my own power, my own authority, my own resources, and my own energy. And what you need to know is ungodly folks can get wealth. Didn't he not tell us uh, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the who? But notice this, a sinner has what? Wealth. So we can't say they don't get wealth, but it don't mean they're hard right when they get it. And we don't want to be in a position that we get wealth and our heart's not right. Because one thing I'm going to show you to you in just a moment that was happening in this particular text was, is that they were getting, see, what God was keeping his promise. And this is what you got to say. When God keeps his promise, he's going to keep it whether your heart is right or not. Why? Because he's going to keep his word. And this was happening to the children of Israel. The children of Israel, God was beginning to bless them, but yet some of their hearts weren't right. Some of their heart, the thinking wasn't right. The heart represented their choices were not right. They had said in their heart, listen, I got this on my own. I got this car on my own. I got this house on my own. I got these investments on my own. I got this, listen, I got this talent and ability on my own. And it's not, sometimes, it's not the fact they say it, but their attitude speaks it loud. You see how they treat God when they come into his sanctuary. Oh, God, you know, I come here fine if I don't come. Oh, you forgot it's the Lord thy God that gave you power to get well. You can, you can like these folks over here in verse 17. My power and my might has gained me this wealth. Oh, really? Is it not the fact that what God told us over in the book of 1 and 8, as well as 18, uh, he says, and you should remember the Lord thy God, for is he who gives you power to get wealth. Did you not see? Because see, when your heart is right, you'll start making statements like this. And you're like, and because see, you're going to get, God is going to keep his promise though. Why does he do it? Because he's doing it for his fathers that we read about a little bit earlier. And so, when they do that, let me say this to you. When you do that, that's why Moses had to tell him at 8 and 18. Hey, remember. Remember. Recall. Let it come back to your remembrance. Don't forget. Record it down. It's me that gives you power to get wealth. It's me. Hey, hey. This is what you need to understand. I'm going to show it to you in just a moment. They were getting wealth. In fact, we're gonna read, we, I know we read it a little bit earlier, but let me say this to you. They were getting houses. They were getting silver. They were getting gold. They were getting some nice stuff. And they, and some of them said, you know what? Hey, I got this on my own. I got this with my own ability. I got this. But then God will look at this text right here and say, no, you didn't get this on your own. You didn't get this with your ability. You didn't get this with your might. Remember. That's why he said in 8 and 18. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8 and 18. And you should remember. Why why he says you should remember? They had let it slip. Most what he said in in Hebrews. Yes, Hebrews. He said, you can't let the word of God slip from your life. You can't let it slip. You should remember the Lord thy God for it is he who gives you power to get well. He, listen, he gave. One word for gave is to pay wages. He gave you the, the ability to get wages. 
Remember we talked about earlier over in the book of Ezekiel that God, listen, he, he wasn't satisfied with the children, with, excuse me, with the, uh, children of Israel. They did, uh, that worked in Tyree, that worked so hard that their head went bald and their shoulders rubbed raw. And he said, you know, I'm not satisfied with you getting to Tyree. Let's go down to Egypt and make sure that you get the proper wealth that I want you to have. It, it, let me tell you something. God was doing the same thing today. If you're not getting the, amen, the wealth, excuse me, the wages that God wants you to have, he's going to give you power to get more wealth. Oh, thank you all for giving us more wealth. He said, you, if you ain't getting the proper wages, God's something to change this up in your life. Remember, we, we talked about this the other week. Somebody in the sanctuary, what God was saying to you, you weren't getting the proper wages I want you to get, so I'm going to make sure you get more wealth. And I don't know who took that in, but I sure enough took it in myself. And God, not a respecter of person, if God is doing it for Nebuchadnezzar and his army, God would do it for OCC and the army here this afternoon. Are y'all following him? And he says, I give you power. To get, notice get is to, I like this definition, is to prepare. To prepare. Not what? For wealth. For strength. For might. We talked about that earlier. At Deuteronomy 8 and 18. We never need to forget the Lord thy God. That give us power to get there. Now why is he doing, giving us power to get wealth? To establish his covenant. What's the covenant? Deuteronomy 1 and 8. We read that earlier. The one he swore to his fathers is the one he is preparing for us right now to establish his what covenant establish means to confirm or to set in order. And the covenant is an agreement. It's a treaty. It's a pledge which he swore. Let me tell you something. When God swears something, God swears on himself because he can find nobody greater to swear upon than himself. So if God said it, he's going to make sure it comes to pass. He ain't gonna swear on the earth. He ain't gonna swear on you. He's not gonna, he gonna swear on himself. Cause he gonna make sure that thing come to pass. Oh, he said, I'm gonna swear on myself to make sure if you don't get it, I won't even be in resistance. Existence. Good God, I'm gonna make sure that you get what I promise you. Oh, we all thank God that God gonna make sure we get what he promised us. He made a solemn declaration or acclamation. To the fathers. He's doing it because he want to make sure that we get it. And you know what, 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 what made, what made me think about this even the more? Why don't you go back and look at this in the latter part of that text, which he swore, he, excuse me, they may establish covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And so I'm thinking about, well, God, how are you taking care of your covenant? How are you fulfilling your covenant? Then, like you're doing it today. And he showed it to me in verse 12 and verse 13 of the same chapter of 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want you to notice Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full. So first thing he says, you're going to eat and you're going to be full. I don't know about you. I like eating and I like getting full. Thank y'all for the two and a half. Amen. If you don't like eating, that's fine. You ain't got to take the part of the covenant. I like this part of the covenant. Because he's given us what? Some, something to sustain us. He's making sure that we eat and we get full. What's the next part of that text? And have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. So notice this. He not only going to make sure you got a house. He's going to make sure you got a beautiful house. 
And not only a beautiful house, this time you ain't got to ride by all these houses and say, I wish I could live in a house like that. You're going to dwell in this one. Oh, y'all seen the text? This is God taking care of this covenant. I want you to notice what it says in 12 and 13. Because this is what was happening to the children of Israel. They were getting blessed with the fact they got food to eat. They were getting full. They had a beautiful house. They were, no, they, they didn't ride by. They rode up in the garage. They had the key to the house. No, he said, and as the Bible says, it's a beautiful house, y'all. It is a beautiful house. I'm telling you, the Bible don't, Bible don't just throw words out there. If the Bible say it's beautiful, it's going to be beautiful. If the Bible said it's a beautiful house, oh, that thing going to be nice, y'all. But like this, that thing going to be laid out. It's going to have your heart's desire in it. Ooh-wee. You like a lot of windows, that thing going to have a lot of windows in it. If you like a big living room, it's going to have a big living room in it. If that thing, you want it to have a big kitchen in it, it's going to have a nice kitchen in it. Because the Bible calls it a what? Beautiful house. And it called no ugly house. It was a what? Beautiful house. And not only that, he did not only say you're gonna ride by that beautiful house, he said, What you gonna do? You're gonna dwell in it. Woo! That's he met, that's the promise he made for his children. That is the one he's keeping the covenant for his children. When he said, You're gonna have a beautiful house, you ain't gonna ride by it, you're gonna live in this house right here. People, listen, this is what you're going to understand. People going to look at your house and say, you know what? That's a beautiful house right there. How did they get that house? God gave it to them. God gave it to them. It wasn't because of my might, what I did. It wasn't my ability. It wasn't the way I put together figures and did all this, that, and the other. It was God that gave me the house. And he said, don't you take no credit for that, Dom. I said, okay, God. All I got to do is live in it. Good God. And if God wants you to live in it, he also will make sure your insurance get paid, your light get paid, your phone get paid, your gas get paid, and everything else get paid as well. God would tell you to dwell in the house he wouldn't take care of once you got into it. Live in three months and you got to move out because you can't afford the, the light bill. God will give you a beautiful house. Why is it to keep his covenant? But if you think that you got your house on that own, oh, you might stay in there two weeks and get out of there. You follow me? Because you think you did it. That's what the problem. He said, hey, remember, don't you forget how I gave you this house. Because when you get a house like that, you get a little high mind if you ain't careful. Thank y'all for the five amen. Let's be real in the sanctuary. Boy, you start, listen, you get a house like that, you're like, whoo, I don't know if I'm going to church this morning. Woo, I got to sit back and enjoy this house today. I'm going to sit on the porch, drink me some coffee, look out on the back pole, look at all the deer riding by. Oh, that's, oh I got to get him out of him. Got to take him back to. Because, right, they don't, listen, they, were, they, they think they did this on their own. That's what this text was saying right here. That's what he's saying here. No, no, notice what else he says. Notice what else he says. Beautiful house, they dwell in it. Verse 13. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, that's your business. That's your business. When your herds and your flocks multiply, that's when your business. Notice what the word he uses, though. They're going to what? Multiply. Not just add, but what? Multiply. Ooh, wait. But I'm talking about God uses some serious words here, ain't he? 
That's why he had to tell the folks, remember now, when your business starts to multiply, don't you forget who called the business multiply. Because you get caught up, your business be multiplied. Listen, you can get so busy, you can forget God in your devotion time. Because I got, I got, listen, I can't do it. There you go. I got, I got to take care of business. Really? If God was the dinner, you would have no business to take care of. You always got to remember the Lord by God, for it is he who gave you that business. And guess what? Every business don't multiply, y'all. I'm going to tell you that right now. Every business don't multiply. If your business is multiplied, you better thank God that your business is multiplied. Because some business go belly up. Forget God. See what happened to your business. Now, this is what you got to understand. You can see wicked folks getting away with what you can't get away with. And you think you can do it like they do it. No, you can't neither. Tell never no, you can't neither. Mm-mm. You can't do what the wicked folks do and think you're going to get away with it. You got to make sure that you're doing it just like God told you to do it. And notice what it is they say there. I'm going to show you another part of this. And your gold, excuse me, and your silver and your gold are what? Multiply. Ooh-wee. Not only is my, my investments are multiplied. My investments are multiplied. And notice I like the fact he put multiply and not just added to it. Oh, because I want my, my business, my investments to be multiplied. I want one day to go 10,000 and the next day is 20,000. And the next day is 40,000. And the following day is 80,000. How you know when you do something like that, Pastor? You got some secret investment strategy? No, I ain't got no secret investment strategy. All I do is did what God said. I gave him the glory. I gave God his tithes and his offering and he multiplied it. And see, you can take credit for stuff like that and think you got this contract based on your own effort and your own ability. Oh, because I called person A and I called person B. No, this ain't what the text is saying. The text is saying, remember the Lord thy God, for it is he who gives you power to get well. Because you know what? They could have hung up on you as soon as they saw your number on the thing. No, everything, everybody got to answer your phone call. Some people will ignore because they see you call. But you know what? God will make sure he'll give you favor. With men and others, when you see it just the way God sees it. Notice this, he's doing this because he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He ain't doing it because of you, but you're the benefit, benefactor of it. Isn't that wonderful to know? I'm, I'm getting blessed because my parents and my forefathers and the one spiritual one, he made a promise of them, and I'm, I'm walking in it. Good God Almighty. I say, and so he says in the latter part of this thing, and all that you have is what? Multiply. Notice, he didn't say added to. He said multiplied. Multiply. If I say multiplied. Y'all know when we get ready to give in just a few minutes, y'all, we're going to put that thing multiplication. Multiplication. Because God has dropped the word of multiplication in this sanctuary. He must got somebody get ready to multiply. Will it be you this morning? Will it be you he multiplies? Will it be you he multiplies this morning? Ask, receive it, God. Multiply me, God. Multiply my investments. Multiply my business. Multiply my... Ooh, tell somebody he gonna multiply me. He gonna multiply. In fact, declare it to two or three folks. Tell him he gonna multiply me. Yeah, I used to be a hundred and a half and to be a millionaire. Oh, I used to do this, but God get ready to multiply. My business was on one level. God get ready to multiply my business. 
Woo, shattered the sea. Now, he said, I'm doing this because I want to keep my covenant. I'm going to, the one that I swore. And you know when God make a promise like this, his word can't return back to him, boy. It's got to accomplish everything he's sent out to do. And this is what you, I need for people in the sanctuary to understand. Give God time and watch this come to pass in your life. Don't, don't rush it. God going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. It could. But give God time and watch God cause this to come to pass. Oh, you think, Pastor, I'm going through a rough time. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons that God dropped the word in here like this for us is because you sold. God wouldn't even, God wouldn't even have dropped the word like this and let, if you wouldn't have sold like you sold. Think about this. If you keep on sowing, what else God got for you? Good God Almighty. Woo. I can't, I, we can't miss what God has for us. We can't miss it. And let, let me say this to you. Uh, <laughs> one definition of multiplication is this. Become greater faster. <laughs> become greater faster. See, you can add, but it won't be as fast as multiplication. Are y'all following me here? So I thank God that God is multiplying us. Now, let's finish, back, finish this up. Let's finish this up. We keep our obligation in our, to, excuse me, to our relationship with God by heeding to his order and decision making in our lives. We're going to follow what God told us to do. Jesus set the standards in our lives and not the world. He is our example, our role model, our God, our limit. He's everything we look for. He is the standard. That's why I believe in Deuteronomy 8 and 18. He gave us two things. That indicates why he is essentially have a strong personal relationship with Jesus. He gave us power to get well. That power is strength, ability, and productivity. And all of that, God gonna multiply your productivity. And that's some. Let me let me drop this on somebody right here. God gonna give you the wisdom that when you multiply, it's gonna get the results you're looking for. He'll give you the wisdom because he can multiply your effort. But it won't be as good as when God give you wisdom as to what to do. You be doing stuff, you be working yourself, working yourself, sweating, and everything else. And God like, why don't they just ask me? I, I can knock out half that sweat they do. They got changed shirt two or three times because they, they ain't listen to me. They stayed up late at night, they ain't listen to me. All I, just ask me. All I got to ask, just ask me. Ask me. Please ask me. I want to tell you. I got a covenant with you. I'm trying to fulfill my covenant. Just ask me. Like, I gotta do this, this is what those do, the ones in 17 said. I got this. I got this. I got, I'm going to do this on my own. I got this right here. They never looking up to the hill, which come with their help. Their help coming from the Lord. They're always looking. They're always trying to figure it out. Let me put two plus two right here. They get four. But four. I need 18. What? Four? That's a long way. Four to 18. How can four to 18? They never look to the hill. Which come, and God said, I got the answer for you. I can tell you, I get from four to 18 to 36 to 72. Are y'all following me? I'm multiplying. I can do it greater than what you're doing. But you do it on your own. Oh, I don't know if you can get it like that or not. Now, no, let, let's, 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 let's finish this up. He desired uh, us to establish his covenant on the earth. His covenant is his divine order, his promises, his agreement on the earth. That's why the Lord revealed to Moses that when we ignore and forget the Lord, as mentioned in this particular text, 
we increase our chances of allowing our heart to become lifted up, like we talked about earlier. And again, one of the definitions of lifted up is two, three definitions I want to give you real quickly. Exalt oneself, magnify yourself, and then you become rotten. Rotten basically means you're not useful. Not useful. I don't want my heart to be in a position where it's not useful for God. And God can't use my heart when it's rotten. Because what? I got all this stuff prior to him. I'm going to do it my way. I, I'm going to tell you something. One of, the worst, I just, one of the things that God, and I've been down this road, so I'm, I'm telling you, don't, don't do as I do. Sometimes I'm trying to do stuff on my own, and I'd be just losing sleep. Y'all see I'm, I'm a hairline right here? It used to be way down here. Worrying about stuff and doing it on my own. But, but I'm learning now. I'm learning. I ain't got there yet. I'm still learning now to trust God with it. And this is what you need to understand. When you learn how to trust God, notice this, with your houses, your investments, your food, and uh, your spiritual life, what you think, how you talk, and how you act, your heart. Notice this, you are real rich when you trust God with every area of your life. You notice that the real rich, I mean, the wealth don't come until you got a relationship with Jesus. Listen, you can know a lot of different stuff. You can, and you can be the smartest one in every room that you walk into. But until you got a relationship with Jesus, to me, you are poor. You are poor because you don't know who Jesus is. We need to make sure. See, what makes some of us rich in the sanctuary? What makes you multi-millionaires and multi-zillionaires and multi-billionaires? It's not because, naturally speaking, you got the money yet. It's because of your relationship with Jesus. You got access to an unlimited God with unlimited favor. Unlimited God. There's nothing God don't have. See, what makes us rich is the fact that we have a relationship with our king. But think about this. You can have a zillion dollars in the bank, but don't know Jesus. To me, you're poor. Poor. And that's why they need people like you. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the who? So God says, you know what? If you're a rich person with me, then you could be. Listen, what's rich? Rich means I trust God with my food. I trust God with the beautiful house he wants me to have. I trust God with uh, my investments. I trust God with my business. I trust God with my family. I trust God with every area of my life. And when I do, oh, I'm rich now. I'm rich now. I'm rich now. See, real wealth is trusting God with every area of your life. That's real wealth. Real wealth. You know how rich you are when you trust God with every area of your life? You got, think about this. You got access to an unlimited God with unlimited favor, unlimited resources. There's nothing God don't have he won't give to those who trust in him. And nothing, there's nothing, God ain't trying to hold back anything from us. He's just trying to get us to a place where we can receive it. Remember, he's got to change the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. So in turn, we can fall in line with what God has for us in this sanctuary. How many understand the real riches come from knowing Jesus? How many realize that it ain't about what you got naturally, but what you have spiritually that considers your real wealth?
Because let me tell you something. You can have $20 billion, but if you got a disease that nobody knows they, they care to, you follow me? Oh, yeah, you're going to know what we're poor, what poor be, being poor all about. But, man, everybody that know who God is say, oh, you know what? Oh, you, you got to have the cure. As long as he got the cure, I'm all right. Yeah, you could treat it with this, that, and the other, this medicine, this medicine, but if God don't care, it won't be care. I, that's why I need a relationship with Jesus to make sure, amen, that whatever, amen, you get me going to work right anyway. You know, some folks have taken stuff. Yon, a friend of ours in ministry went to a simple procedure, ended up almost losing her life. They call, No, they called it a simple procedure. But she almost lost her life. They call it a simple procedure. Oh, this ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no harm in this. I did this time and time again. But the person almost lost their life over a quote unquote simple procedure. And you know the only thing they're probably keeping alive right now? The prayers of the righteous. The prayers of the righteous. Because doctors are built, from my understanding, the doctors are confused as to what to do. They don't know. They don't know. But I know who do know. It's God that knows. God that knows. It, to me, this is my opinion, I don't really know. To me, if it had been left up to natural means, she would have lost her life. I've been telling y'all about her passing away. But God saw differently. Because why? Somebody who was rich in prayer. Notice the word I'm using here. Somebody who's rich in faith had a relationship with an unlimited God, with unlimited resources, who has a healing power that keeps people going. Sustain. Sustain. Now, let me say this to you. I don't know if she's going to make it or not. I don't. But I do know this. I do know that God knows the final outcome. And let me say this to you. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that the resurrection. I believe truly she'll be saved and on the way to be with Jesus. Which is the best. Let me tell you, that is the best thing that can happen to anybody. Because the difficult to make promise of a person that possesses a high-minded thought, thought person. They begin to give glory to themselves. And the world rather than God. Adoration, praise, and esteem. If we want Jesus to trust us so he can fulfill his promise in us daily, we must choose to trust him with our life. Let me say this to you, everyone in the sanctuary. Listen to me carefully. Make sure that you're rich in your relationship with Jesus. I know you deal with a lot of different stuff, and I know you got life to deal with, and I understand that life is life. Life is business. Life is family. Life is a job. Life is your uh, everyday household, raising your children, going to school, and so forth. But the most important thing I can tell you in the sanctuary with a message like this is make sure you're rich in your relationship with God. This is what one of the reasons that I believe when Moses wrote this particular statement. Remember, it's the Lord thy God that giveth thee power to get what? Wealth. That wealth 
was not just about the money, but it's about access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. God does not have a limit in what he does, y'all. Only people that limit God is us. And God wants to release the limits off of our lives so we can have our heart's desire. Let me give you those, those four things he gave us. Now, y'all saw the text like I did, 12 and 13. He give you food to eat, and you get full by it. Because, you know, some food you eat, I ain't going to lie to you, you don't get full off of it. I, I did this man. Y'all probably do. Y'all might be the young man. Right? I eat about, well, anyway. Number two, he said beautiful houses. And all you're going to ride by, you're going to what? Dwell in it. I mean, that's what he said. That ain't what I said. That's his promise. He got made that thing come to pass. Number three, your uh, investments or your business, I should say. Your business. Number four, your investments. Those are four things he gave us, 12 and 13. All because we're rich in who? God. I'm done. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.